Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now, and I have another episode of the podcast that was originally recorded on January 20th of 2019. This week, under What I'm Playing Now, we talk about The Mind, and a little bit of Lords of Hellas, two totally different style games that we've played in the past couple of weeks. Of course, I also talk about a few things that I want to play. Hope you enjoy the episode. Hey gamers, welcome to the games. This is Joe from What I'm Playing Now and welcome to another episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. We are on episode 218 of the podcast. As always, you can send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to whatimplayingnow at gmail.com. You can join us in some conversations over on Board Game Geek. We do have a guild over there. Guild number is 2440. On Twitter and Instagram, you can follow us at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say. On Facebook, just do a search for what I'm playing now. On Twitch and YouTube, we are twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. And on YouTube, we're youtube.com slash what I'm playing now. All right, let's jump over to a few of the things that we've played for the past week. I was unable to record a podcast last week because I came down with a bad cold, which turned into a nice, lovely ear infection. So I may be pausing the podcast intermittently here um, in case I am still coughing a little bit. So we're going to try to eliminate all of that from the podcast so nobody has to listen to that nice loveliness that's going on. But um, we did get some gaming in, and one of the first games that Kim and I um, were able to get to the table here at the house is a little game called The Mind. This is a game that was designed by Wolfgang Warsh. Um, I believe it was released last year in 2018. And um, it was actually up for, I think, one of the Spiel Awards. It was up for the Spiel des Jahres nominee. Um, really interesting game. Um, very nice light card game, I guess you could say. In that you're playing with a deck of 100 cards. You also have a couple of cards that have um, a little rabbit on there, which is your life points. Then you have some throwing stars, which allow you to eliminate cards from your hands as you're going through the game. But at the game at its essence is actually very simple. It's it's similar to another game out there called um, The Game, where you're playing with cards that I think are like 1 to 99 or something like that. I have not played the game myself, um, but after playing The Mind, I really kind of wouldn't mind picking up the game to actually check it out. Um, but The Mind is played the first round. Let's say if just Kim and I were playing, it's a two-player game. We're going to try to get through 12 rounds of the game. Each round, we're going to add an additional card to our hands. Round one, each of us starts off with one card in our hand. <clears throat> we will start off with our hands on the table. We will then let each other know we are ready. With no communication, you're trying to put the cards that are in your hands into the center of the table, but you want to put them in numerical order. So if Kim has card 20 and I have card 50, I want to make sure that Kim puts the 20 down before I put my 50 down. If we do that, we made it past round one. We go into round two where we deal two cards to each player, rinse and repeat. Literally, pretty much the gist of the whole game. As you're going through, though, it definitely does get harder. I think I think the first time Kim and I played, we made it up to round eight or so, um, which I thought was actually pretty good for the first time playing it. Uh, Kim and I actually do think a lot alike in a lot of things. So in that essence, I think it kind of worked well for us. But 
there weren't really too, too many mistakes we made as we went through the game up until like that last round. And I think the last round, I actually discarded too many health cards in one round where you're only supposed to lose one, no matter how many cards are actually incorrect. But for as simple as this game sounds, and considering it's literally just a deck of 100 cards with, like I said, a few other cards to where you keep track of your lives, um, you know, with the rabbits and then the the throwing stars. And what the throwing stars do is, you know, when you put your hand in, as you're playing the game, you kind of want to keep everybody going at a similar pace. So you don't want somebody kind of jumping the gun too much. So during a round, you know, everybody can, you can kind of just, one person can say stop, where everybody pretty much just needs to stop, put their hands back on the table. Everybody gets back in sync with each other. And you can always also raise your hand and, you know, basically say, you know, you want to use one of the throwing stars. And what that does is when you use one of those throwing stars, each player will actually discard the lowest card that they have in their hand. So <clears throat> there, there are some times where things may get a little, you know, get get a little tough. If somebody has, you know, like maybe card 13 and then the next person has the card 14, um, it's kind of hard to figure out who's going to put down that card first uh, because you really want to, you're always playing the game with a little bit of hesitation because you don't want to necessarily throw out your card too early if it's not necessarily the lowest card. Um, and that's kind of where I think playing with people that you know and kind of know how they think, it probably makes the game a little bit easier than playing with a complete group of strangers. Um, I'm guessing playing this game with a complete group of strangers is going to be something very difficult because, well, you're not talking and not giving each other tells or anything like that. I think just knowing how other people think at your table gives you a little bit of an advantage while playing this, although, albeit, I will say, a very, very probably small advantage while playing this. But the cards actually look really nice. I mean, they're just numbered 1 to 100. Um, but they still have a really nice card stock to them. They seem like they're going to last a while because this is a game where, you know, you're going to be shuffling these cards a lot because at the end of each round, all the cards go back into the deck of 100 cards. So even if you just eliminated, you know, you're, let's say you're round six and each of us threw out six cards, that would have been, you know, with the two-player game, 12 cards would have been out. Those 12 cards don't stay out for the game. They get shuffled back in and, you know, you're starting each new round um, no matter how many cards you're having to discard from your hand with a full stack of 100 cards in that base deck. So it, it doesn't get easier as the game goes on. It actually gets, you know, definitely, definitely more difficult as the game goes on. Um, but we had, we had, we're having a good time with this game. Um, like I said, very light. This is a game that, you know, you can teach. I just pretty much taught you the rules here in, you know, a minute or two. There really isn't much to the rules whatsoever. It's very simple. It's a very simple concept to a game. How the game hasn't been created previously, I have no idea because it just seems like such a simple concept to a game that how somebody hasn't done this, you know, almost with just a normal deck of cards or something I is surprising, but the game works and it's just a lot of fun. And I kind of like how it's, you know, called the mind in that you're trying to get into each other's head. You're trying to figure out what is each person person thinking? How are they going to react and how are they going to play and how fast are they going to put down a card and think, oh, I have the lowest card when, you know, maybe you don't. So the game again is called The Mind designed by Wolfgang Warsh. Definitely check this one out. It comes in a very, it's a very small box game, a game you could probably fit in the back of your pocket. 
and um, probably be able to take this anywhere and knock out a game very quickly during lunchtime at work um, or every, wherever you're at and you just want to get in a quick uh, game, the mind will definitely fit the bill for that. All right, and then after that, not last week, because uh, last week I was sick. The week before that, I had made it down to my friendly local game store. Um, my buddy Eric brought his copy down of Lords of Hellas, um, which is, I guess you could say, a dudes-on-a-map-style game. Um, I believe set in a Greek mythology type of setting. Um, probably some something similar along the lines of like a Cyclades. May remind you a little bit of like a Kemet, in that um, it's basically an area control game. And you're trying to control areas of the board um, with your army and try to recruit more people, get more people onto the map um, to spread your control um, to attempt to win the game. A couple of things different with this game is um, with for combat, combat is all card based. So combat is going to be based upon the number of units you have in an area as well as additional cards you may play to add to that total during the combat. So there's no dice rolling. It's basically just a pure numbers game. Um, is my number larger than yours? Um, will that win me the battle? Yes, it will. Eric did have a majority of the miniatures painted, um, pretty much almost all of them, I think. And I will say the presentation of this game when it hit the table, one, the the board is very large. There's a lot of large miniatures that go along with it, being that there are monsters that you're placing around the board as well as these great monuments that you're going to be building while you're playing through the game. And I will say that was a very interesting part of the game. Um, during your turn, you're going to be able to do different actions. I'm not going to go through all of the different actions that you're going to be able to do, but I thought that the action um, style, the way it's kind of set up, in that it's, it's kind of like a two-part section is kind of what it kind of reminded me of. You kind of have two different um, components to your action phase, I guess you could say. You have a regular action that you're going to take one of, and that's going to be a hoplite movement. I'll just go through them real quick. A hoplite movement, which is where, which is kind of like your little normal units that you're going to be placing out on the board. You're going to be able to move those. Um, you can move your hero around, and your heroes in this game aren't what you would imagine in other games. Some of them can have some unique abilities to them. And they can do, you know, a few things here or there, but they're not, they're not very overpowered. They're not going to be the main focus of what you're doing strategy wise, as far as your gameplay goes. The, the heroes I thought were very uniquely utilized during the game um, because for being a hero, sometimes they don't feel very heroic with what they can do. You can also do a prayer action which lets you do some stuff with the priest, a priest that you have and brought onto the board. And you can also use your artifacts, um, which I believe we might have played actually a little incorrectly because we didn't activate and bring in the artifacts until the very end of the game, which probably about three quarters of the way through the game, we realized the artifacts we should have been introducing much earlier into the game when people were expanding into the different regions and taking over some of the different buildings. So that definitely was something we did incorrectly. I think having those artifacts being brought into earlier in the game, definitely one would have made the game much shorter for us than what had happened for us. Um, although I, I will say right now, this is a really cool game. I can't wait to play this one again. 
even with our few little mistakes that we made here. But um, yeah, the artifacts, I think, being brought in definitely would have changed, I think, the length of the game and definitely would have changed some of the strategy and some of the gameplay that we did. Um, so those are the normal actions that you can do, like one of those each turn. After that, you then have to choose a special action that you're going to get to do. You can do a prepare action, um, which lets you bring in and recruit a couple of people. You can do a hunt, which lets you kind of do an attack against one of the large creatures that's on the board. You can do an usurp, which is to kick somebody out of a region that you control or want to control. You can build a temple. You can do a different sort of recruit action than what the prepare allows you to do. And you can also do a march, which is basically just moving your people around. Uh, there is also a build a monument. Um, so those are special actions. You can only choose one of those. You must choose one of those as well to do. So it kind of has um, a little player board that you're going to be working off of. And I will say the player board works very nicely. Once you really understand the different actions that you could do and then the special actions that you can do, uh, it really makes the game flow go very, very quickly. There are a couple of different victory conditions that we, again, I think also had gotten a little incorrectly. Uh, we are playing a three-player game, so if you controlled two full lands and the board is broken up into a couple of different colored regions of lands throughout the board, the blue lands don't count for this, I believe. But um, we were going to try to control three lands, which in a three-player game would have pretty much been short of impossible to do. So once somebody got control of two lands, uh, we actually ended the game. Dave was able to win by doing that. You can also defeat three monsters during, you know, during the game. That will get you a wing win. You can also you can also control the region with the first completed monument at the end of the third round after completion, which I don't think is something we actually paid much attention to because I believe we did have one of the monuments completed. You can also control five regions with built temples, which is kind of what I think I was trying to go for. At one time, I think I had three regions with controlled temples and I was trying to move down to a fourth. Um, but I think Dave had gotten in that whole full second land type of thing and was able to complete that to win the game. But like I said, I really liked the way there was no dice for the combat. I think there's a die that's utilized in the game, and it's utilized when you're fighting the monsters, and it kind of helps you decide some of the monster abilities of what they're doing. Uh, short of that, uh, there really aren't any dice to give you any sort of randomization as far as combat goes, which I kind of really liked. It's, it's like I said, it's more a pure numbers games, and the cards that you utilize, um, the attack cards aren't something that are very easy to come by. Um, you know, there's actions that you can get to do that you'll take to be able to draw cards if you would like to. Um, the prepare action actually lets you draw a combat card. So that is one way that you could get the combat card. So, you know, once you actually utilize some of those combat cards, maybe in, in, a, in a battle, you have to do another action to be able to rebuild your hand. And if somebody comes in and starts attacking you, you may not be left with any cards to actually bolster up your troops that are on the board to try to def help defend them to withstand the oncoming onslaught that somebody may be bringing, you know, their wrath towards you um, if you had just attacked somebody else in the previous round. And, you know, we noticed that in our three-player game. You know, sometimes, you know, it's first blood, uh, you know, just like sharks. When um, somebody attacks, then somebody else starts attacking. And so... It was, it was really interesting. I will say that uh, sometimes when the three of us are playing, you know, me, Dave, and Eric, sometimes we don't really don't go all out attacking or sometimes we get a little crazy. 
I think our attacking and our battles in this game were very well strategically planned, um, and we weren't just attacking just to try things. We we pretty much planned a lot of the different things that we did. None of us really left ourselves open um, too much to having another player come swooping in and, you know, sidetracking us, although I think that might happen maybe once during the game. But um, it was a game where there was just a lot of strategy, you know, that we were that we were utilizing during playing the game, which I, I really enjoyed, I have to say. Like I said, I think our game lasted a little longer than a normal game of Lords of Hallis would. It was still a lot of fun, and I had no problems with the length of time with it, even if it did last a little longer. Crap, had we actually played right, we might have been able to get two games in that night instead of just the one game in. And I know Eric is going to be picking up uh, some expansions for this, so we're definitely going to be talking about this one later on in the podcast um, on another episode. So I will definitely have to try to get Eric on when we revisit Lords of Hellas and bring this one back to the table to have a really, really good discussion about this one. Um, I was really surprised. I had seen this game um, talked about before. It was on Kickstarter. So I had not backed it, um, but I saw it looked in, like an interesting game. I saw it was kind of a dudes on the map style game, and I'm, I like those, but I have several of those. And, you know, sometimes they don't play the greatest two player. I believe um, Dave and Eric had initially played it two player and they said it played OK. But I will say for three player, I thought it played quite well. So Lords of Hellas. Definitely a game. If you like uh, dudes on a map style game, definitely check this one out. And if you could find somebody to paint the miniatures as well, I will say that this game has excellent, excellent table presentation. All right, so those are a few of the games that we're talking about under what I'm playing now, but let's talk about a few of the things that I would like to play. Um, one of the games that I noticed um, that was recently announced and that there's some buzz around is The Lord of the Rings Journeys in Middle-Earth. This one appears to be probably something akin to maybe like a Gloomhaven-style game, but set in the J.R.R. Tolkien world of The Lord of the Rings in Middle-earth. Uh, it sounds like each adventure you're going to play is going to be, um, or each game you play is going to be a small adventure and a much larger campaign. Um, but it also sounds like there is a companion app that is going to, that you're going to be utilizing as you're playing through the game. This one sounds very interesting. Um, it's coming out from Fantasy Flight Games. Games. It was designed by Nathan Hayek and Grace Holdinghouse. Um, so I'm kind of interested to see how this one's going to play, what the story in this one's going to be. It appears that there are going to be a lot of expansions for this one. Um, there are so many different stories in the Lord of the Rings universe that um, there's a lot that they can do with this one. So it'll be interesting to see how this one comes out and and how this one plays. Um, I'm sure it's going to be cooperative um, and it's going to have, you know, some great storytelling elements to it, but, um, I'm kind of interested to see, it says this one plays one to five players. So we're definitely going to be keeping our eye on this one to see how, uh, this one plays. And I'm, I'm really interested to see what the app is actually going to add to the game and what it's going to bring to the table. Because, um, you know, I don't mind app style games. And, um, as far as the Lord of the Rings style games goes, that could be, Really, really damn cool. All right, the next game that we are kind of interested in playing, Kim and I were watching um, Rodney's tutorial on this from Watch It Played the other day. It is um, from Stonemeyer Games. It was designed by Elizabeth Hargrave, and this is Wingspan. 
And this is a game that is an engine builder game from um, Stonemaier Games. And it appears what you're doing is you're bird enthusiasts and you're trying to attract birds um, into your wildlife preserve. Uh, there are different um, actions or different abilities that um, you're going to be able to do with the birds. And the game looks to have, of course, it's Stonemaier Games. It's going to have an excellent production quality. And I think this is one of the things that is bringing so many people to this game, um, besides the gameplay, um, in that it looks really super cool. The game comes with these really nice kind of like fluorescent colored style eggs, which are kind of like the bird eggs throughout the game. It has a really interesting... Um, dice tower to it in that it looks like a birdhouse. Um, so we've watched a couple of videos on this game already. Uh, I know both Eric and Dave, I think, have this game already in their collections. They've already ordered it. So we're going to play theirs uh, before we actually pick this game up for ourselves. But I have a feeling we're huge fans of Stonemeyer games. This game looks to be another hit um, from what it sounds like. So we're probably definitely going to be picking up this game um, probably very shortly. Uh, but we do want to get a play of it under our belts. And Wingspan, if you have not heard of it yet, um, it actually is also playable with um, one to five players. Um, so definitely check that one out as well. Um, other than that, I think that's going to be it for today's episode. I've done a few pausing here. Hopefully uh, my voice has held out for the remainder of the episode here. <clears throat> um, and we're going to be back with some videos this coming week. So check out our YouTube channel. We should be posting some videos here shortly. Kim and I have been playing through and learning some games. We're going to knock out a couple of videos here. And then I'll be back next week with another podcast where we're going to talk about some more games that we've played recently. But until then, everybody... Hey, you know what to do. Go play some games and let me know what you're playing now. But until then, hey, everybody, thanks for joining me. You have a great week gaming, and we will see you later. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye.